0: This is Hilary Crowley, and welcome to the Good Energy Healing Show. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that is close to my heart. I think it's close to everyone's heart, and it's the topic of grief. Um, but I want to skip over that very difficult word that brings up a multitude of responses, even with the word itself. And I want to think about the title of the show, which is "The Unstoppable Grace of Grief." The Unstoppable Grace of Grief. So. Grief is absolutely unavoidable. It is the presence in our time where loss happens and our reality is shifted fundamentally in a major way. And a body that has experienced any kind of love or attachment and attachment will suddenly be hit with an incredibly incredible wave of despair as reality shifts for us. The death, the loss of a loved one is right there um, as the primary focus I want to have on today as we look at the um, unstoppable grace of grief. But I called um, today's show "Unstoppable Grace of Grief" because just as grief is unavoidable in our life, um, so is grace. It is unstoppable, and it will it will come find you even if you even if you run away from it, and it might find you in your time where you're not asking for it, but it might find you when you've given up. It might find you when you are saying, okay, I'm I'm accepting that I will allow something greater than um, what I think I'm dealing with, which is the grace, the depression, the despair to come sliding in and help. Um, I guess one of the most beautiful prayers for grace is just that one word, help a, a willingness to receive. So I I just wanted to um, kind of bless this whole um, podcast today with the understanding that um, when I create these podcasts, the Good Energy Healing Show podcast, they're entirely unscripted, but they're not unprepared. Um, they've actually probably been preparing themselves for a couple of years at least. This one has been uh, knocking on my door for, mm, I think I could say easily 16 or 17 years. I remember um, when I was going through a period of time where I was feeling a lot of anxiety, and we all experience anxiety. When I experience it, it's it's just this overwhelming, foreboding sense of doom, even in the um, presence of a vacation. Um, I was up in the Franconia area and I remember I was waiting in the car on vacation. Um, my husband had gone in to rent a VCR. So there you give a little timestamp there. He'd walked in to rent a VCR. And I was just feeling like he knew which movie he was going to get. And I didn't need to come in. And I just was taking some quiet time listening to a radio show. And I ended up calling in on a radio show. And the radio show was all about grief. And I had become kind of interested in all the loss and how I'd been processing loss. Because if you live a life and you connect with people, um, people die. It's just how life goes. If you're part of a family, um, if you're part of generations in a family, when you're younger, older people will die or there'll be tragedy and your peers will die or there'll be a loss um, at any stage of life. And I was always acutely aware of grief. My mother used to talk to me about that, that I had this fascination with death. Um, And I came by it naturally because I come from a family of doctors. And I remember um, that there was never a callousness or a hardened heart around loss of a patient. Um, I would know that um, during a visit with my grandmother or grandfather or uncle, um, they would just quietly let us know um, that their hearts are heavy because uh, one of their patients had passed away. Uh, my godfather, who was a cousin of mine, um, he was an OBGYN. And I do remember um, many a visit where uh, if a child had passed um, or a woman had uh, lost her baby, um, he was uh, not snapping back to normal anytime soon. He said he's in, he's grieving. And he would allow for that space, even in uh, the daily activity of uh, dealing with life coming in and life going out. I was always honored um, by uh, the sharing of grief, and I and I think that's part of it. Like withholding grief and holding back on grief is actually missing out on an honor um, of somebody else's life, and I loved that aspect. I didn't know it at the time how much I loved it. I just it was just. The way it was in our household. But as I move forward in my life and I look back and I see what I would say is sort of like ongoing compassion fatigue um, and just the intensity of the rapid pace of life, um, certainly it's difficult for any of us to slow down at a time of grief. Um, And moreover, um, it's definitely, I don't see it as much being expressed and being honored for our um, dear friends in the medical world, the doctors and nurses who are undoubtedly experiencing grief, but may not have a safe place to indulge, uh, reflect, or express it. So the unstoppable grace of grief is the river that flows Uh, even when we don't have places to, we think we haven't made places to express our grief. I I was reflecting on what exactly grace is. And um, I wanted to think about it as an influence in our life, an influence that may be divine or individual of origin um, based on everything from your belief system to the circumstances. Um, So where does grief, you know where does grace come from? We know that grief co- comes from a loss, and grace comes from where? Um, it can come from the human heart. It can come from uh, the inside of us. It can come from a stranger. It can come from uh, a friend, a family member, and then it can seem like it's divine intervention. I think actually, I hadn't quite thought of that term in in a while, but the divine intervention. Um, is grace saying, let me help you out. Let me help you out. Let me show you that there's more than just where your heart is now. So it regenerates us. It sanctifies us. It inspires us. It strengthens us in a time when hope is not really self-evident and obstacles seem unsurmountable, and, and when something you know comes in that represents love or kindness or mercy, you know it, interfer- it interfer- interferes with our with our ongoing state of 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 grief and our ongoing state of despair i really want us to think for a minute about examples in our life where we have experienced grace take a minute and think about a time where grace came to you in an unexpected way and did it feel like love did it feel like kindness Did it feel like hope where there was no hope in that moment? Um, I imagine as we talk about grief, we could talk about grief in so many different directions. But as we talk about the grace of grief, which is what this podcast is about, I really want to explore the bravery and the courage that comes along with allowing ourselves to grieve. Recently, in 2016, I was going through a major grief um, around the loss of my mom, and I gave myself permission to grieve in um, in unexpected ways. There was um, all I knew about grief was what I had read about it and what I had experienced up until that point. But the loss of mom is uh, a big one. Um, although I take comfort in knowing that. In the order of life, um, someday, if I'm lucky, um, I will be predeceasing my children, and so there was there's a blessing in in a in a natural order. Um, I don't want to overstate the natural order because who knows what real natural order is, but there's a blessing in the child saying goodbye to the mom, especially a middle aged child, where. I was built for this as a daughter. However, it doesn't change the fact that my body naturally still needed to grieve. So I noticed how I grieved. And I noticed that sometimes I was very, very tired. Um, uh, Sometimes I noticed I couldn't concentrate. I was forgetful. Um, I felt like maybe a low-grade depression. And uh, if I overanalyzed it, I could have... um, dug deeper into what the depression was, but I also gave myself a very healing affirmation, which just said, I think this is just grief. I think I'm grieving. And I would I would allow myself to say that to friends and family if they asked how I was doing. I'm like, I'm doing okay. I think my friends will remember this. I'm grieving, <laughs> but I'm doing okay. Uh, my sister and I uh, both remember uh, that neither of us could read, not for uh, weeks or days, but for years. We lost the ability to read after um, the loss we experienced with our mom. So I don't know what kind of bioengineering went on in our uh, part of our brain that knew how to read, but we could not hold the concentration to read. And in fact, it's 2019 now, and we both are just getting back into being able to read a novel. And in fact, my sister texted me recently because she read a good book, and she said, I think that's the first book I've finished reading. And so some of our easy escape hatches go away too when we're grieving. Um, When we're grieving, sometimes it doesn't feel good to watch a show or listen to music or read a book. So we never want to oversimplify what anyone else is going through when we know that they're grieving or when we say, well, you know, I know about that loss too. How are you experiencing it? I'm experiencing it the way you're experiencing it. That's never the same. Um, everyone experiences grief differently. And again, because that separates us, sometimes we we, we try to um, push it away because nobody likes to feel separated. Nobody likes to feel isolated. Nobody likes to feel depressed. But this is not a time of um, gratification, instant gratification. Grief is a journey and grief is as big as the love that we're feeling for the one that we're saying goodbye to. Um, in the world of energy medicine, I went to a seminar with Esther Hicks and, um, we were talking, um, well, she was talking, I felt like I was sitting there having a conversation with her, but I was in the audience of, I don't know, 300 people. Um, but I loved what she had to say about those who struggle with death and loss and grief. And by struggle, it just means grieving, but, um, blocking out grace itself, that unstoppable grace, um, stops maybe at the doorway before it finds its way in through the window or the back door or the chimney. Uh, Anyway, um, she said one of the ways to kind of trick the mind to allow grace back in is to understand that while we're saying goodbye to our loved one, Our loved one is saying hello to us in a different vibration. And again, I I like to talk really openly because we're in an integrative setting here about belief systems. So uh, in Esther Hicks' case, she may be talking about the survival of the soul, the survival of the person after their body dies. And so that actual soul is coming back and saying hi. Um, I also know, and I know we've all experienced this. How big um, we realize our love is for a person when they go away. It's a phenomenon that is undisputable that you, when you feel that somebody who was in your life is gone, you all of a sudden get this big picture of how deep your love was for that person. And that certainly feels like a hello, too like, oh, hi, I remember who you are, I remember how much I loved you i remembered you beyond the caregiving or beyond the discord or beyond um even just the sadness uh, of losing you i can see you in your whole form it's it's a it's an amazing phenomenon and i would say that's grace itself and evidence of grace itself when we're when we're saying goodbye um i i want to really reflect a little bit more on the importance of grief. Because if I do nothing else on today's podcast, I, I want to point out that we've um, recently in, I'd say maybe the past 50 years, have come into this trend, um, not on purpose, but just the way time and space and we've organized our our society with um, funerals and uh, busy work schedules, um, as Brene Brown would say, Um you know, finding value in our level of busyness. And she's she asks us to no longer do that, that that busyness is not a status symbol. Um but it's convenient. It can be very it can be very convenient to be too busy to grieve. And it can be very inconvenient to grieve. And we have all sorts of ways ways of um circumventing grief these days. And I really want to give a real big vote into like allowing ourselves to grieve because grief comes with change and change as we know is a deep, um, truth in life. And if we cooperate with the laws of change, then we're cooperating with our own healing body and our own, uh, body's ability to, to move through processes. In my last podcast, Uh, A way back I talked about how when I meditate I like to go through the issues so going there's nothing more going through than grieving and then I also spoke in another podcast about apoptosis which is the falling away and again grief is the falling away of one state of reality where our loved one is with us to another state of reality where our loved one is not with us in the physical body any longer allow yourself to go through that because As we understand that grief is part of a major life change um, surrounded around loss, we also need to understand that the unprocessed grief um, can cause all sorts of despair. So I got to get my story all the way back to Franconia. And I was sitting in the parking lot and um, my husband was in picking out a VCR tape And the radio show was on and there were two experts talking about um, grief. And one was a psychiatrist and one was a uh, psychologist. And it was a call-in show and I called in and I said, I've noticed that my anxiety that I'm feeling that comes and goes, ebbs and flows, seems to be related to unresolved grief, unprocessed grief grief that I didn't take time to work through and I put it to the side because I was too busy or I went back to school or I went back to work or um, my my child was too young to for me to be paying attention and, but I look up and I have this major loss that I haven't processed And I said is there a possibility and this was on a radio show so imagine I'm hearing myself on the radio recorded later is there a possibility? that unprocessed grief unresolved grief can turn up as anxiety and um faster than you could imagine both of the hosts on the radio show said nope they said no and they talk to each other for a second. Is that a thing you've ever heard of? No, I've never heard of that. No, no, this isn't really um, the topic that we're on. It's not about anxiety and grief. It's, it's. I think the topic was about anxiety, and I said, "Well, I think that when I don't process grief, I think that's what's bubbling up." And I stayed curious about that, and they invited me to hang up the phone, and so I remember thinking that was an awful quick no. And I I've since then wanted to explore this, um, further and further down the line. So I want you to continue as you're looking at old griefs, maybe new griefs. And certainly as you prepare when, you know, another grief comes our way because grief does happen in life. It's not a, it's not something to dread. It's something that is how our body responds to, to loss. Um, I want to Leave you with um, a great teacher, um, a woman from my hometown of of Worcester. Um, her name is Beth O'Rourke, and she—I never met her personally. She was a um, two years younger than I was, but otherwise, a peer. Um, we probably crossed paths together. And um, one day, a friend of mine posted her obituary. She um, had had cancer and passed away at age 44. And this uh, particular grace that she found was in the writing of her own obituary. And um, I just want to read a little bit of it to you to understand from a great teacher, somebody who was experiencing the grief of her own life and where she brought us together. So um, the obituary opens in, oh, you can look this up too, just Google Beth O'Rourke obituary. Um, I'm sure if you Google 2015, um, you will you'll find her. Uh, her first line in her obituary is, I died Thursday, April 16th, 2015, surrounded by family in the arms of my husband and Anamkara. And Anamkara is um, soul friend, in the celtic tradition i was 44 years old i was a survivor i was blessed in this life with two amazing children and she goes on to describe her children and as the obituary goes on she thanks her family she thanks the um doctors who were her friends and the nurses. And she herself was a nurse saying, nursing was my calling. During my career, I had the honor and privilege to care for patients who were amazing people. They often gave me the strength and courage to get through my journey and the desire to return to the work of caring for others. I hope I was able to give them a fraction of what they gave me. And then, and this is the This is the paragraph that absolutely floors me. And um, my heart bubbles with tears, and these are tears of grace itself. In Beth's obituary, she writes, I loved my life. I loved a long run to sit quietly by the lake, to read and dance and sing, and to be silly with our children. We loved watching summer storms blow across the water. I loved to chat and laugh with my sisters and friends until tears ran down our legs. Brendan and I enjoyed many trips together. Most enjoyable were those to Ireland, visiting family to share a pint, and of course sitting quietly on the porch with Brendan, listening to the Red Sox. I enjoyed working for a cause, among them the Pancreatic Cancer Alliance, whose member spirit and dedication amazed me. And so she goes on and she graces us with her beautiful writing and she graces us with her beautiful understanding of cancer. And she, I encourage you to go find this obituary and read it. I will put a link to it on my website Um, because what better evidence is there of grace than somebody who is at the doorway of saying goodbye? And she says goodbye in a way that shows courage and faith and a willingness to cooperate with change as she prepares for her own goodbye published in the newspaper on behalf of her whole family and understanding and taking a beautiful snapshot at at her own life. So a tough topic today, um, permission to grieve, because when you do grieve, you will find that grace is waiting for you. And I um, have very little else to say on this, except I could go on and on about Beth O'Rourke. I think I have to uh, add one more little piece. Um, here she is talking about cancer. And she says, cancer does not care who it takes, who hurts. It is does not care about honor or love. It comes into your life and starts to break the f- threads of what holds you And we are left to see pieces of yourself slip away and dreams fade. And here she says, we are clung only to each other with pure love and faith binding us. And in the end, when the most amazing thing happens, cancer loses its strength and grace appears. In the end, the most amazing thing happens, grace loses its strength and grace appears. We need to see it. We need to accept it. We need to go with it. Grace and love win not cancer. Thank you, Beth. You get me every time. That was a beautiful gift that you left for all of us. And um, I'm understanding that the unstoppable grace is sitting there right behind your grief. Allow the grief to flow. Do not be scared by sadness. It's part of the human experience. It's part of emotional intelligence. And it's part of the way that we show that we truly were attached to and loved someone. This is Hillary Crowley from the Good Energy Healing Show. Have a beautiful day and come back anytime. Um, I'm always thinking about you getting ready for the next podcast. If you like this show, um, please hit like and subscribe and we will see you the next time. Good Energy Healing Show. Go chase after that unstoppable grace. It's waiting for you too.